Welcome to the Shape of a Star podcast, where everyone has a story. We just need the shape of, so like, we're the star, or something like that. So, world, today we have on another fun guest who you guys are probably sick of hearing from people from Mason, but hey, who cares? Um, he's a real patriot, not an eagle, when Mason sold it to Eagle Bank Arena. And... I don't know. He's just someone that I've known for a while. You may recognize his face, his name, and whatever they say in six. You know her name and her faces. Whatever. I don't want to get sued. They don't sponsor us. So today we're going to bring on one of the most illustrious people I know in my life, Joseph Yates. Hello. Hello. Oh, wow. That was the most monotone entrance after I hyped you up. Thank you. All right. So can you t- describe yourself to the world? Because I found out people describe themselves way better than I do. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, my name is, my name is Joseph, Joseph Yates. Uh, I work in the film industry. I've been an actor in some things. And I also uh, direct my own short films and I work in extras casting as well on some uh, some TV shows. That's super exciting. I don't know. I forget you work in extras casting, so questions right. may pop up about that. That's all. Oh. I, yeah. And world. So I didn't tell you this yet, Joseph, but the world knows I pre-send questions, but you opted not to see them ahead of time. I did. So this is like one of the first real raw, whatever you want to call it, people. If I get a gotcha moment in, it really was an accidental gotcha moment now. So, question really? number one. Joseph, you are you are an actor by trade. How did you actually find your passion for acting? Uh, well, I started making my own videos with, like, with my mom's camera. And so I would just act in them, you know, out of convenience. And I was acting more in my friends' movies. Just enjoy, you know, kept going with it. Obviously, you've you're one of the people that have gone all the way. Exactly. Yeah. So next, it leads right into the next thing. So ever since we met, you've been developing, creating your own films. Where do you find inspiration to find your films? These are the most basic questions. I'm so sorry. They get more interesting. I swear. Uh yeah. No, I can tell you did a lot of research. Um. <laughs> The, uh, the inspiration comes from, you know, a lot of stuff in life. Like my most recent movie, Fetal Position, it's, uh, it's about alien abortion. And so that was inspired by the heartbeat bill passed in Georgia a few years ago. Uh, it's a bill restricting abortions past like a six-week heart, heartbeat. So a lot of, you know, a lot of kind of stuff that's going on in real life, I try to capture the zeitgeist of things because we already have so many movies already. So my philosophy is you always got to make something that no one could have made before. So it has to be relevant to today. That's a nice way to think of it. Yeah. Oh, sorry. See the cars banging from the repo center, but yeah, no, is that the, that's the film I like read for you and like proofread through, right? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I don't know what's happening out there. I think Ben's is about to start practicing. Oh, well, we're here. So, how come it's always short films, though, is what you're working on? Why don't you ever look... I don't know if you call it long form, but, like, that's what they call it in the writing world. There's, like, short stories, and then there's, like, the full-blown novels. It's the long form. Yeah. Well, uh, the long movies are a lot more expensive, so I... I've been making short films first just to practice and hone my skills. Okay. Yeah, I was wondering. I was like, is it just like budget? Is it commitment reasons? Like, it's all, it's all of the above. Yeah, which makes total sense because, especially when I met you, I met you for like one of the first weeks of college. Mm-hmm. If you even remember, I don't know if you remember. We were in the Facebook group. For yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
So people, that's a tip for life. When you go to college, if you're already not in college, join the Facebook groups or Instagram groups. Facebook's pretty dead for the young people, so they're probably not using that. Is it? Yeah, I've learned that like if you were born like four or five years after us, you are not on Facebook. Yeah, it's like an old person thing now. Yeah, it's okay. I'll keep my side parts. And we'll keep rocking along. So people, like I said earlier, could catch you and your work on various, various things. So they could see you in Murder House. How often do people think you're an American Horror Story? Um, I don't think anyone's honestly ever, ever asked me about American Horror Story. What? Really? Yeah, because that was, you know, that was Murder House was a short film, so it's really only... You know, you only really hear about it if you're Googling someone. And if you have the information right in front of you, you can see it's not not part of the TV show. I'm just a dumbass then. Because <laughs> <laughs> as soon as you said Murder House, I was like, you were in Murder House? Oh, that's funny. I was like, did you film it before you got to Mason? Because it came out like when we were at Mason. Yeah, it did. I, I brought it up in, in the before they started filming. I was like, doesn't this have the same name as something else? <laughs> but the, the producer was just kind of like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I mean, you can't copyright titles. I've learned that through book stuff. Mm -hmm. Because, also, thank God, because there's only so many things you could call something. Exactly. Yeah, but also, people I've talked to about you, like, hey, guys, I have Joseph Yates coming on. And they're like, I was like, yeah, he was in Murder House. I was like, oh, my God, he was in American Horror Story? So, <laughs> the reaction in my world thinks that you are up with Evan Peters Oh my god. And people were trying to guess what you played too. They were like, is he one of the dead ghosts haunting the house? Is he one of the kids that got shot in the school shooting? Like, what is he? And I was like, uh, no, not less intense. <laughs> it's this project called Murder House and blah, blah, blah. So since I brought it up and you know more about it than I do, because like, uh, fun fact, people, I'm too scared to watch half the crap he's in. So can you explain it to the world? Promote yourself and your work. Yeah. Um, well, Murder House was, uh, is written. Written and directed by Richard Chismar and Billy Chismar. And uh, Richard is a horror novelist. He's made a lot of um, horror novels. Uh, some of them, I think his most recent one is like Gwendy's Button Box. He did that one with Stephen King. They co-wrote it in like The Lighthouse or something. Uh, but that, that was Richard's movie that him and that his son Billy made. So it was like a haunted house and we're exploring it and kind of like making this mockumentary and it's in the eighties. So we were all dressed up like the eighties and I was driving around my dad's minivan or his, I think it's a minivan, maybe big enough to just be a van van, <laughs> the 88 Toyota he had. I was the, the scared guy who made it until the end. <gasps> You're the final guy. Yeah, I was the final guy. Aw. Spoilers. <laughs> Oops. Uh, yeah. No worries. But so while you were not in the murder house of American Horror Story, you were in Lovecraft Country, which kind of gives off the same vibe as American Horror Story. What can you tell, tell or tell us what you can about that shoot? Because it was kind of like a big deal. Like there was so much news coverage about like the whole series and stuff. Uh, well, that one, I was on set for one day. I spent honestly probably more time in the makeup chair than I did on the actual set because I had so much makeup and prosthetics attached. But the scene I was in, I was like a Frankenstein zombie guy trapped in the closet. And I'm like screaming at this woman. Uh, the woman, the actress who I had the scene with, her name is Wumi Mosaku. So she's in Loki. She's one of the like the lead time cop for anybody who's seen Loki. Ooh. And if you haven't yet, because this episode premieres way later, like, <laughs> oh yeah, they'll watch it. Probably be over by the time the episode's out. Oh please, this episode's not coming out till like 2022. So, oh there we go. Today's June 26, 2021. Everyone, to give context, you got you got a lot in the backlog. Yes, because band season's coming, and I'll be busy. Oh, I see. 
That's super cool, though, that you are one. You are an HBO. And you're now working with people who are working many, many other places. Mm-hmm. Wait, so this is like the second time you worked with someone in the MC. Whatever, we'll get there. But <laughs> um, you already brought it up that you was pretty ex- intensive makeup during that role. How would you say your makeup skills are? Because I assume that was professionals. But like, if you have to do your own, how would you rate yourself? Um, I'm I'm pretty. I want to call myself skilled at makeup. I can't really do my own. I did the last time I did my own makeup was in high school theater class. Oh, it came out better than I expected, but not like you know, not an expert yet. Not professional industry level. Is that something you want to work on, or is that you focus on other things right now? No, nah, not makeup really. Okay. So I, I, I wish I had the I wish I had like the dedication and the attention to like detail and just I, I don't have enough motor control in my hands to do all that like fine work. Yeah, it's a lot of OT strength. OT occupational therapy. Shout out to occupational therapists out there. You do very good work. So do PT, so do ATs. If you want to know what an AT and all that stuff is, watch Sarah's episode. No, Emily Sarah Pritchard. Wow, I screw up her name all the time and it pisses me off. But I literally brought it up. I was like, how how do you deal with me screwing up your name for the past decade? But different life, different story. Poor Sarah. Poor Sarah. I'm pretty sure her name's Emily Sarah. It's Emily, yeah. Or M. She goes by M. Wow, I'm such a bad friend. Sorry, M. Uh so yeah. You were you mentioned it already. So you were like trapped in a closet, like for most of your filming. <laughs> Happy Pride Month, everyone. But so because the closet's supposed to be closed, how exactly do they film that? Is it just like a fake third wall? Fourth wall? Yeah, they they built the whole closet so it had walls that could come in and out. Oh. So it just like expands out like as needed. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Because I was noticing, I was like, well, there's a million angles, too. So it looks like there's all four walls of the closet in there. Yeah, because they just they built the walls so you could roll it back. So how cramped is it in there with you, a camera, and another actor? Uh, it was pretty pretty cramped. Got a little sweaty in there. Got a little Ooh. sticky with all the fake blood. True, you had on a lot of fake blood. You did have a lot of prosthetics. Like, which, like you had like swollen cheeks and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. I had um, there's a whole neck prosthetic strap, and there were like tubes that went inside it. So there was someone, actually, there was someone at my feet at all time, who was like operating this contraption to squeeze the blood out. Oh, like a squib, squitch. Uh, not, a squib, a squib is when it actually like shoots out and sprays out. This was more of like a drip. Oh. God, that does sound like steamy. Yeah. Not the sexy steamy, but literal like. Because also you filmed in Atlanta, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, it's not cold down there. It's not known for that. No, it's not known for that. You're right. <laughs> but so earlier or in an earlier episode, we had on this guy named Ellis Gage. Shout out to Ellis. Hey. And he discussed that everyone is basically schemaed, like stereotyped, into characters that they can believably, quote, quote, play. If you were to be typecasted, what roles would you comfortably say you would fit in? Zombie. <laughs> Just a zombie? Yeah, you know, skinny. Skinny, haggard. Zombie, dead guy, nerdy person. Yeah, nerdy person, the clickety-clacker, as I call them. Could be a Mormon. Oh, a Mormon. Do you have the musical theater background to be in the Book of Mormon? No. <laughs> Do you have any musical ability? So are you just a single threat then? Yeah, just really like a half threat. A half a threat. That's exactly a full threat. Full threat. <laughs> No, that's a kind of how I describe myself. I'm like a one and a half threat. 
Like I, I can hold a dance and I can somewhat act. Sorry, doing a little better. Just a little bit better, but like I can only act stereotype me, cat typecast me. I'm very open to being typecasted. Um, mm -hmm. Or non-speaking roles. I love non-speaking roles. Oh, yeah, because I did a 10-minute play in high school, and everyone was like, oh, what's it like to be the only 12th grader that doesn't have a speaking part in this play? I was like, great, I don't have to memorize shit. Yeah, that's the life. <laughs> I was like, I'm in the background, and that's where I found my true talent for acting. Oh, this will make you cringe. So afterwards, because you remember Tyler, a world. Tyler was on episode like three, four, whatever, sometime back there, and Joseph's known Tyler, too. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. Which one is this? Which episode? Uh, wait, the one I have on with Tyler? The one we're doing now. Uh, 27. Oh, wow. You've been busy. Yep. <laughs> uh, so what is it? Oh, yeah. I started filming like at May 3rd, too, to give that context. Uh, what is it? Oh, yeah. So I was on stage. I did a 10-minute play. Afterwards, I ran out in the audience. Not out in the audience. I met Tyler outside, right? And I was like, oh, my God, Tyler. <laughs> like, how'd I do? And he's like, you looked bored out of your mind. I was like, oh, did I? And he, his friend Morgan with, was with him at the time. And she's like, you don't remember talking to us while you were on stage? Apparently I had a full-blown conversation with them. Wow. Like, standing on stage. So. Were you on drugs? I was just super tired? No, I just was, like, so out of it. And, like, <laughs> apparently I was just eye-rolling. And, like, I, my blocking was, like, the very end of the stage, like, in the arc. That we were standing in, and I was like the very final end, and they were standing like two feet away from me, so we were just talking the whole time. Were you getting stage jitters, and that's why you forgot it? No, because it was actually towards the end of the play. I think it was because I was done with everything I was supposed to do. Oh, I see. And I was just like, I get to chill while they play out the rest of Macbeth. Oh, right. Wait, what was your role in Macbeth? It wasn't Macbeth, it was the rules of comedy, which is how to make anything funny and they were like we'll take Macbeth and make it funny so I was one of the background people that displayed the rules of comedy like I got pied in the face because everyone's like that's always funny and they were like and you can pull it off I'm like yeah okay cool I was like I'm physical enough to pull off physical comedy quote quote mm -hmm. or at least out of the bunch that we were I was the best candidate so the badge of honor thanks face Kind of. <laughs> Thank you. So yeah, I did all that, and then I finished my part, because the Macbeth people had to play up Macbeth and make it funny. Mm -hmm. And so I was just like, checked out, I'm done. <laughs> what are we eating after this? I want mozzarella sticks. You don't want more pie? <laughs> nah. It wasn't even a full pie. It was just like whipped cream in like a tin. Oh, that's not so bad. I guess it's more aerodynamic. Well, it wasn't even thrown. It was just like pushed. Wow. But it was a lot smarter because who wants to buy a whole friggin' pie? It is funnier with the whole pie. But you didn't have to clean up high school theater, 10 minute play. Oh. We don't have interns to say reset. <laughs> Speaking of which, you've been on many, many a set and you've run things too. Every time we see like Harry Potter and they're like shooting wands and blowing shit up or like some action movie or like MCU stuff, right? All I could ever think of when watching it is like, my God, what intern is stuck resetting all this? Oh, the stuff blowing up? Yeah. I mean, a lot of times they have like wires attached to the stuff that blows up. So they'll just, you know, they push a button and it all goes, poosh, and then they push another button and it goes. Shoosh. Really? Yeah. Okay. Because I know. Big special effects type stuff yeah okay yeah because i know in like an episode of charmed there was supposed to be like a big giant telekinetic wave that like knocked all the attic over and then behind the scenes footage of it they were talking about how they just basically did you ever see ghost ship no okay well it's gross uh so basically what they said is they had like a string like set like to the middle of the room and like outside the room they had they attached it to a car and they had a car just pull the whole string <laughs> To make no. everything look like it was being forced to like knock over. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, that's kind of cool. Easy. But who resets that? Oh, yeah. I guess that's the one you only get one take of. 
I don't know. Well, it was like middle second season, and they went on for like three more five and a half more seasons. There was eight seasons, people. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe they got to the point where they were efficient enough that they could just get the shot in one take. It didn't need to be reset. I don't know. Well, I mean, they have to film in it the next episode, The Attic. Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah someone has to. Someone. Someone gets stuck doing it. Yeah. So have you ever actually interned on the set? Yeah, I think. Maybe. Wow. I'm a PA on us. Yeah. So what kind of things are they asking the interns or like the PAs and all that stuff to do? Like making coffee, sending emails, printing stuff out. You got to, uh, a lot of the times I, I've worked in the office mainly. So the stuff that interns will do is like, you know, you print out the, the sides of the script for everybody the next day. You got to print it out and staple it together ordering lunch, taking everybody's lunch orders. So it really is like what they put on TV. Get my coffee. It's too yep. cold. Yep. Okay. Because huh. I remember actress Rachel Bloom was talking about when she interned at SNL. Mm-hmm. And they made her go out in the dark <laughs> in the snow all the time. Oh, yeah. Because so, all the writer stuff happened at like 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. So, huh. I don't know. I like to think that maybe people are a bit more self-sufficient, but hey, I don't know your industry, and I'm not here to judge at all. Okay, so we totally deviated. The original question was typecasting. What roles would you want to play that don't, quote, fit your mold? Clown. You don't think you could pull off a clown? I'm too monotone to be a clown. They're silent clowns. Well, then, oh, I guess I could pull it off. Yeah, I guess it's like a mime, but. <laughs> I'm not French enough to be a mime. <laughs> mime is a skill, though. It really is. I feel like you could do better. Oh. Because you do gymnastics. Gymnastics. No one said I tumbled. Do you tumble? <laughs> no. Yeah. Not at all. I used to have a split. But then I went to dance class and I developed muscle in my legs and I never stretched. Oh, that's upsetting. It it was because I didn't realize it till eighteen months later. Oh, uh, so sl- no, I was just saying slowly and slowly. I've been trying to get back to a split, not that good. Mm-hmm. And like I have acupuncture now. I've been to massages and every time I go, they're like, "Oh, this muscle," <clears throat> and I'm like, "Ow, what's that?" That sounds fun. It's painful. So, you're also a writer and director who has worked with some pretty well-known people. How does people, like, book directing gigs? I never understood that process either. Well, all my directing is based off my own scripts, and I produce it. So, I'm I'm not booking the gig. I'm just giving it to myself. That's but booking. I, that's not. But in terms of working for someone else, I really don't know how you get those gigs. If you find out, you can tell me. <laughs> I, you're the one in the industry. Like, do they make sizzle reels? You would think. Like, I don't know. It's just different for everybody. They're all born into it. <laughs> Probably. Um, would you ever want to direct a music video? Yeah, sure. I've done it before. You have. Yeah, Rap Tyson. What's Rap Tyson? Did I miss that on your website? No, that was a while ago. That was in college. Oh, okay. See, I didn't follow your career that closely in college. I was on my own hustle. Exactly. <laughs> um, so what would you say is the biggest thing between directing, like, just n- typical acting versus a music video? Because I feel like music video is its very own genre and artistic flair. It is. I mean, for one, you don't gotta worry about the sound on a music video because you just, like, you'll plug the the song into it. That's so true. I didn't think of that. I mean, music video is a lot more abstract. Huh? Different world. Whole different world. You're right. 
Um, so, oh, actually, this leads right into my next question. So I didn't follow your career, like, in college that closely. But we have been friends on social media for, like, a long time now, probably about a decade this month. Wow. Yeah, isn't it crazy? That is pretty. No, yeah, you've put up with me for a decade. Anyways, <laughs> but... Man. How do you always have the most wholesome yet funny comments on all the posts that you have, like, all the time? Wholesome? I think they're wholesome. I don't know what you're talking about, wholesome. I mean, I'm not seeing hate from other people. Like, I'm not saying it's rated G for everyone. Oh, okay. okay. You mean, like, nice people? Sure. <laughs> I mean... I think my friends can be raunchy, but, you know, you surround yourself with people who support you and who you support back. No need to interact with somebody who's negative. There's no need to, but sometimes, like, social media, I don't know, I have this whole, like, take on social media where I'm, like, you know, it's a very good tool to just, like, watch other people and see what they're up to. Yeah. I mean, I, I I think people who work in the film industry in general, obviously there's stupid people everywhere, but in general, we try to be more mindful because knowing, you know, that our, our profiles could be su subject to scrutiny. So you just got to be more smart about what you're posting. True. We've seen Kevin Hart go down. We've seen who else? I can't remember. We've seen lots of people. Oh, The Bachelor's. And the bachelorettes are all like under scrutiny still. <laughs> so I don't know. Go you for being able to keep a squeaky clean-ish persona. Thank you. <laughs> and also, every time I see on your stuff, whenever you post like an Instagram story, you're always out in nature or somewhere, and you see the coolest things. Can you tell people some of the coolest things you've ever seen? I had armadillos in my backyard mm -hmm. a couple weeks ago. Oh yeah, I forgot the armadillos. I was taking the turtles like in that river. Oh, yeah. I walked by Turtles today. Ugh. Is Atlanta really that, like, <laughs> what's it? I don't know I'm thinking Atlanta, the free home of the brave. But is it really that wild out in Atlanta? Yeah, we got some good wilderness. Okay, this is me never being to Atlanta. But a, lot, yeah. a lot of it is in Stockbridge. Oh, okay. Is that where they film stuff? That's where I live. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, like, I've only ever been to Savannah, Georgia people. Oh. And Savannah's a very different world than Atlanta, from what I hear. It is. Savannah's nice, though. It is nice. That's why I went twice. And I was not a big fan of Paula Deen's food. Turns out I'm not a Southern comfort food. Oh, no. Not but, a oh, gravy. I don't know. I just was out there. I tried it. And then I went to BD Burgers down the street immediately after where I had an elk burger that was amazing. And alligator bites, which are also amazing people. If you ever, it does taste like chicken, except it's easier to chew. I did have alligator bites one time. Oh, yeah, because it's also up here at like the Cajun, what's it called? Chasing Tails. No, I had that in Florida. Oh. Where the real gators are. Exactly. Did you wrestle it to get it? I wish. It's a light boxing match. Some taekwondo. That's like kangaroos, though. You gotta box them. Yeah, exactly. So, no, yeah, but you do see the coolest things. I did not even know there were armadillos in Atlanta or Georgia or the East Coast, honestly. Yeah, I was surprised. I've seen them dead on the side of the road, but Ew. the first time in person. And there, were, there wasn't just one. It was like a bunch of them. Yeah, there were four. Yeah, was it like a family? I think so. Oh, okay. Well, stay safe. Don't let them bury. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. So under your special skills on your resume, you have many interesting things I'd love to talk about and like dive into. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. How did you acquire long distance running? Just do it a lot. Okay, so you actually run a lot? Yeah. Oh. Were you like in track in high school and all that? No. Just have long legs. <laughs> and at what level 
do you feel comfortable that you can perform long distance running that you would then put it under special skills? Um, I mean, I could probably go a good five miles. I think with that, it's like, you know, anything you're listing on an acting resume, just can you do that all day and keep it up all day? So I could keep up running on a film set all day. Oh. But that's the level where you put it on your resume. Okay. That's a really good, like, actual frame. Like, can you do it consistently, do it all day for filming? Mm-hmm. Huh. So for me, I could put, like, spinning stuff all day. Yeah. Because all the flags and batons and stuff. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, I don't think I ever told you this, but I was almost down in your neck of the woods once during Spider-Man, like, Homecoming. <laughs> Are you trying to sneak on set? No, there was a casting call that I saw. It was looking for people that could believably play high school, mm-hmm. Asian actors, and people with special talents that could be shown in a high school homecoming game. Oh, yeah. And I was like, okay, I would, you know, everyone knows I do color guard. I could have easily done it at a high school football game back in 2015. That was six years ago. No, wait. Yeah, 2015, 16. Yeah, it was 2000, summer 2015. 16. It was 2016. And I was like, oh my god, it would only be two days I'd be in Atlanta and I could end up in an MCU movie. And then I looked at the date. It was the date of my final. Terrible. For grad school. And I was like, no! But then I went and saw the movie. There was no homecoming game. Apparently they cut it out. Ah, so I bet all the people who did drive down for it felt pretty silly. I don't know. They may have felt silly, but guess who felt validated to make the right responsible decision? You. Yeah, you couldn't see, but he pointed to me and then said you. But again, this is not about me. I'm talking a lot about myself this episode. Sorry, world. We're here to learn about you. We're here to learn about Seth, the host, the magnanimous host. (laughs) Oh, okay. So it also says you're a pharmacy tech. When did you become a pharmacy tech? Uh, that was just, I think I did that over summer break in college. My dad's a pharmacist. He just, he trained me. Oh. I'm, it's been a while, though. No, Probably. You're good at it. <laughs> Are any casting people listening? Yeah, I don't think, honestly, that's never really come up. You never know. People, things come up in the weirdest ways. That's true. My Bialik didn't expect her doctorate in neuroscience to come up and then look. Who? Big Bang Theory. She had a doctor. Oh, is that what her character did on the show? Yes. Oh. And I think it was because they realized she had it in real life. Oh. So they were like, oh, we're just going to write this in. She's like, okay, well, I can speak on it. So I didn't know your dad was a pharmacist. That's kind of cool, too. And I thought for farm tech, you had to go to school for two years and stuff. I mean, I had to take an exam and everything. But I, I did, you know, two years of training. Real oh. experience work. That's kind of cool. Like, I said, see? And this is something I never would have known if I didn't Google your website and read through your stuff. Like, if you ever want to, if you're ever bored people and you just want to, like, discover actor stuff, like, just go to their websites. The resumes are always on there. And you'll learn some of the coolest things, like Joseph's a farm tech. Um, Also, how often does ear wiggling come into play when you're trying to get jobs? Um, Pretty much every job, but only, like, the normal ones. Like, when I apply for, to be a car salesman, you got to be able to wiggle your ears to show the customers that you mean business. Oh. You're not, your ear is off screen. I can't see you do it. Oh, here, here, here we go. No, I can only do my eyebrows. But look at you. Wow. So ear wiggling comes into play, but you being a farm tech does not. Exactly. See people, crazy, crazy stuff. You never know what comes into play. It's like how my dance minor got me the most jobs out of anything I've ever done. Your what? My dance minor. Oh, that's nice. It got me like 10 coaching jobs and it got me my main job now. Oh, wow. And I was like, how does this reply to mental health? They were like, it shows you're interested in things. 
we were really excited when we saw that dance minor. I was like, oh, okay, cool, whatever, fine. It's another job that got me. That's pretty no funny. one cares about the graduate degree. They all want the dance minor. What was your graduate degree? Counselor education. Well, they care about that too, I'm sure. Just for the formality of, oh, you, you're eligible for the license. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so also on your resume, it says conflicts upon request for commercial work. What does that mean? That's just something that it's just a generic thing actors will put. Because it's like, um, you know, if you were in a Pepsi commercial, then that would be a conflict for your Coke commercial. Like I, w I was in a commercial for a law firm. I acted. I was the guy who caused like a slipping accident. Oh. Commercial. So that could potentially be a conflict if another law firm wanted me to be in their commercial. But what if you were just famous as causing accidents for all these law firms? Yeah, exactly. Because then that would be a conflict if, uh, if they want me to play the lawyer. You know, no one would hire the, that guy who causes all the accidents to be their lawyer. But you could just be the guy that causes accidents for all the law firm commercials. That's true. Interconnected universe right there. Oh, there we go. Like oh, pitch. Yeah, it's like flow. Oh my god, you could be on a commercial with flow. Oh, the, the state uh, farm. Yeah, progressive. Yeah. No, she's progressive. Progressive, yeah. Yeah. I mean she's insurance. Cause an accident insurance. Like, ooh. Oh, we could face off. Could she could try and fix your life. As you're like Mario Karting banana cars and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, see? If I was in marketing and had power people, we would have the best commercials ever. You should put a commercial for that movie into your podcast. <laughs> I mean, this is it now. For any producer out there that wants to do this, please contact Joseph Yates and he'll get in touch with me. And he's easier to find online. Just go for it. <laughs> um, okay. So I didn't know if like conflicts upon request, because I was like, what does that mean? Like, when you have a different filming schedule, but you explained it just like consistency of your persona. Mm -hmm. So that was a lot easier than I thought, but you're also repped by East coast talent agency, which I've heard a ton about because they were all over dance moms. Oh really? Yeah. Like East coast rep or whatever. That may be a different representative, but we do have a lot of kid actors at the agency. Okay. But it may be a different company. See, they also had New York talent on a couple times. Like, it's really hard to keep track because they had so many talent people come in for these kids. Mm -hmm. So my question to you is, like, what's the process like to get an agent for your industry? Typically, you email the agent on their website. And, uh, you know, you send in your resume and your demo reel and your headshots. You may have an interview you may have an audition. I think my agent had me tape a scene and send in an audition to her. So it's all, it's kind of all about the timing because different agents will be hiring at different times. Sometimes they're looking for certain types of people. Sometimes they have enough of certain types of people. It's all kind of about like the ebb and flow of what the acting market, what's in right now. That makes sense, you know, because we all saw the Kotex commercials. And if you haven't seen Kotex commercials, everyone go YouTube them. They're hilarious. They're like tampon commercials, but they're all about breaking the barriers. So they're always like very meta and just openly like, I'm racially ambiguous, so you can relate to me. <laughs> In a nice flowy dress, because I feel great. Yeah. yeah. Like a racially ambiguous tampon? No, you're racially ambiguous, so you feel like you can relate to me and buy this tampon, too. Oh, I see. Yeah, I'm in a dress that's twirling because I feel happy and free. Look at me pour this random blue liquid on. Because that's the same thing as blood. That's you what know. I think I'm happy and free. <laughs> okay, so you mentioned it. Oh, can you explain to those who don't know what an agent actually does for you? The agent will submit your information to casting directors 
and then the casting director will send an audition request for certain actors to the agents. And then you film it. Do you send it to the casting director or do you send it to your agent who sends it back to them? It's, a, it's sometimes different. Thing. Usually you send it straight to the casting director, but sometimes it goes through the agent. Okay. And I don't know, every time I think of an agent, I always think of Chris Jenner. Chris Jenner? She's an agent? Uh, well, she is the something for all the girls in the Kardashian world, and she gets 20 or 10% of everything they do. Maybe she's their manager. Maybe something in town. like a manager. So if you have an agent, what's a manager doing for you? A manager is only for high profile people like the Kardashians, but kind of gives like specific, like you should take on these type of roles. Cause with, you know, with most actors, including actors at my level, we don't really get enough work where we're at the point where like we got to choose some projects and say no to others. But once you get to that point, then a manager can kind of help guide you and manage like what your public image is. Oh, they're the publicity bongers. That would be an interesting field to be in. I'm sure. Sure. It's fun. Stop this photo from leaking. Go. Bribe all the paparazzi to flood this photo instead of this one. No, because my whole family has this conspiracy about Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. They're like, who is her publicist? Who is her manager? That's always, you never see her drunk falling out of a club. But she's friends with all the people that do. So obviously they assume she's there too. That's pretty good. Good manager. Though. Yeah. You know, because like she's friends with all the Victoria's Secrets models, like Selena Gomez. Hey, do you mind if I start? I cook some ramen real quick. All right. I'll have my laptop. We can still talk. Oh, okay, cool. So here we go, people. They're now having our first cooking segment. As well. Just starving right now, though. All good. Okay, so you mentioned earlier that, like, headshots and stuff. So in the eyes of professional acting and working talent, as I like to say, because... Everyone needs headshots more and more these days. I'm learning. How hard is it for you to get a good headshot? Uh, it's. I don't think it's hard. You know, you just got to find the right photographer. I think the hard part is kind of learning what you want to represent yourself as. You know, how to something figure out something that's commercially viable. So it's. It's you know. It's easy on one hand, you just show up and pay someone to take your photo. But then it's hard to like really know what's best for you. Because I've had headshots done, and I think they're the hardest things on earth. For some people, you know, some people may be different. He's calling me a talentless hack. <clears throat> some Maybe if you want to, if you're somebody... camera shy <laughs> and that's the other thing too because we've learned through like me doing photos throughout the years that it's like i am a horrible like still photo t- like poser but if they ask me to do an action shot i get the best action shots exactly yeah, yeah i'm gonna fill up this water go for it So, for those out there who are trying to do good headshots like me, that needs them for the website for all this crap, um, <laughs> what are your tips? Tips for doing a good headshot? Yeah. Just be yourself. Wear some, you know, wear something that you're comfortable with. Don't find some. Don't don't think about as like posing, because I I found. The headshot photographers I would go to in Atlanta, they're pretty good because they'll just like, you know, have a conversation with you. And so you get your mind off like posing for something and just be more natural or relaxed. Okay. 
So I will take that into consideration. There also, there, yeah, there's also an art to getting a good headshot. And I feel like that's more on the photographer's side. For the longest time, I thought it was me. And then I was like, oh, wait, no, it's not me. It's you. Exactly. I'm not a professional model. Tyra Banks making me ruin my self-image and all that. Wait, you know Tyra Banks? No, but when you when you watch America's Next Top Model, she's always talking about how you make the photo. The photographer's there to like capture what you provide. And I'm like, eh, yeah, she's right. I do have to make sure I come with my A-game. No, no, no. They have a help, too. Tyra needs to chill out. <laughs> Ooh. This is the internet beef that is going to start happening that you were mentioning earlier. Exactly. Ooh, look the at media that. Crazy about this one. The media will go crazy, and you are about to be scrutinized by the public for attacking. Tyler. Yeah. Of her career is ever going to survive after this. For those who are interested, by the way, he's eating the purple ramen. Purple. The purple packet one. Not the yet orange one that everyone likes. Like, what flavor is purple? Is that the shrimp one? Um, it's Tom Yum flavor. Oh, okay. I was just at like a hot pot place today and my friend got Tom Yum. I don't understand what it is. Apparently, it's like a seafood vegetable broth, but not like seafood. It's more just veggie tofu broth or something like that world. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. So, so we talked about headshots. And now, are you ready for the fun questions that have nothing to do with your career as an actor? Yeah, he's holding a thumb up. So... You went to George Mason at the same time I did. So these are the questions I love to ask people that went to Mason. Mm -hmm. Did you worship the crane god? No, the crane god? Yeah, remember the crane that would hang over the library? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Too scared to worship. <laughs> okay, you heard it here first. Heathen. Exactly. Um, what's your favorite place? What was your favorite place to eat at the JC? That was... Uh... Main Bowl. Main Bowl was my favorite. Their, like, knockoff, like, sesame chicken was amazing. And they I think they had the best, like, lo mein on campus. Definitely. Their noodles were great. Did you ever rub the statue toe? I'm sure. <laughs> well, weren't you supposed to? You were supposed to. So, world. Okay, so you go see the George Mason statue outside the Delasky building and, like, theater. What was the theater building that was right across from it? It was like one of the few theaters that wasn't even the good theater. It was like the student theater. Yeah. And you rub his toe to like one, get good luck on your finals and two, to cleanse your impurities from when you step on the plaque because stepping on the plaque will make you fail everything. So you saw these people like rubbing this guy's foot all day. And it's like, what is happening all day? Yeah. Oh my God. I will say this though. After we graduated, Brad was so pissed with Mason that he was like, we were walking by, like, visiting someone. And he's like, ha, they can't do anything to me now. I already graduated. He's just, like, stomped on the plaque <laughs> and did, like, a dance on it. And I was like, what are you doing? He's like, they can't fail me now. Hope you knock the plaque over. It's rebellion. <laughs> the plaque isn't cemented in the ground. You'd have to be really strong then. Yeah, I guess. Get a whole team of people have pushed that over. Heave ho. Like they did to, um, did you see Chris? what happened to the Chris Columbus statue in Richmond last summer? Yeah. That was impressive and that horrifying. Killed him. Someone <laughs> needs to kill the George Mason statue too. Okay, I'm not promoting this violence only because I don't want to get sued. Especially because, let's be honest, you've seen all the people, all the frat guys climb on top of the guys and sit on his shoulders and he doesn't crumble. Yeah, he's indestructible. Basically. He's the god we should be worshipping, not the crane. He, the crane is a reincarnation of him. Oh, okay. Good to know. <laughs> Cryptoid myths of George Mason, everyone. Oh, yeah. So, what building was most of your classes in for your, like, your degree? Um... 
I don't know. Probably like the Robinson building. Really? You were stuck in Robinson too? One of the weren't there like two Robinsons? A and B, but there was one building connected. Yeah, so most mostly in there. Because that was where all those studios were and stuff, I think. I don't know. It was, it, and the wherever this the studio was. That was the something. I, like, I could walk there and get there. Okay, so take me through. No, I'm kidding. You don't have to. No, because I didn't know if you would have like the theater space at the basement of Delasky, right behind like the George Mason Center of the Arts building. I don't think I took. I had like one elective at the. I took um, took an acting class in the Black Box Theater, wherever that was. Isn't that the one I was just talking about? The student one that's connected to Robinson. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. To be fair, world, it is a very nice stage. It's just like nothing compared to the one across the mini like walkway. Like the George Mason Center of the Arts building, like the Joffrey Ballet has been there. They have like the Russian ballet go there. I saw so many things there. Like they have Kristen Chenoweth and Idina Menzel go there. Like these are like the high caliber people that Mason has to stunt out for them. Oh, the Broadway Princess Party people were supposed to go there, but then like the pandemic happened and they only went to the Prince William campus. But yeah, so this is all stuff none of you probably care about unless you know what Mason is. So, whatevers. <laughs> all right. So, that is the official end of our main question portion. Woo. So, Joseph, are you ready for the rapid fire question portion? Yeah. Okay, here we go. And these are the questions that I didn't tell you this yet either. These are the questions I ask everyone because it's kind of cool to have a baseline of what everyone does. Uh-huh. Okay, so what are your chosen coping skills? Cooking ramen at 10 p.m. Nice. Pick a side, Lancaster or York? Actually, I just started season one of Game of Thrones. It's not oh. Game of Thrones. What? Oh. Oh, that's not a game. Is that a, a sports thing? No. <laughs> that's, uh, I don't know. Lancaster. Yes. Where do you stand on the Oxford comma? Um, I stand after two ands. <laughs> oh, I messed that up. <laughs> I'm I'm a, a strong supporter of the Oxford comma. Nice. If this was not a rapid fire, if this was a long fire, I could think of a witty response to that that incorporates the Oxford comma and the answer, but I don't have that brain power right now. No, you need the ramen for that. Exactly. God and anime on your side, basically. Let's re-record tomorrow and I can I'm busy tomorrow. <laughs> Um, if I told you to bring a pie to pie day, what kind of pie would you bring? I would bring an apple pie. Nice. What is an innocent phrase that you have mistakenly or subconsciously weaponized? Hmm. Daddy. Ah! <laughs> Why are you the first person to say that answer? Really? Yeah. Uh. We we all did that to daddy though. It was a funny joke at first, but now it's not. Now it's a serious thing. Yep. Now if I ever have kids, you can't call me daddy. What are they gonna call you? Father. Only your mom is allowed to call me daddy. Oh <laughs> Yeah. Father. Father dearest. Anyways. Mr. Madstone. <laughs> What's a trend that went too far? Jazzercise. Wow, that's a trend before our time, too. Exactly. But it went too far because we know about it still. <laughs> How do you feel about prancercise? What is prancercise? This old lady prancing around and calling it prancercise for working out. Well, that's just fine and dandy. Okay, so just jazzercises went too far. If you could rule an established country or territory in this world, where and why? 
Um, Cayman Islands, and then I get all of the, you know, all the rich Americans' money. I'd, I'd seize their assets, and then I'd run off. Where would you run off to, though? I'd run off to America, because then they can't catch me with their illegal assets, because it's illegal in America. Wow. You didn't see, he did the, the uh, pose, like, got ya. And to be fair, I don't think he's wrong. Um, If you were the pageant contestant or someone with a large platform, what would your philanthropy or cause be? Koalas. Can you save the koalas? Wow, you knew that fast. Um, what avatar nation would you come from? The snow cone nation. Wow, look at that. <laughs> Who would play you in a documentary or movie about your life? Oh, well, if it's a documentary, it has to be me. But what if it's a movie retelling? Oh, movie retelling. Denzel Washington. Nice. Um, last one. What's your ideal five minutes of fame? Um, jumping on a trampoline really high. Jumping off the Empire State Building onto a trampoline and bouncing all the way back up to the Empire State Building on the trampoline. Then grabbing on top on the very top spire of the Empire State Building on the up jump and grabbing on and like swinging around and then launching myself off the Empire State Building over Central Park. And then I use my shirt as a parachute and like lightly glide down right past the border of New Jersey. This is the most bayonet of answer I've ever heard. Oh, that is, yeah. <laughs> That's a video game I just described. Yeah. But, no, that's super cool. I'm glad that you had something. Some people struggle really with that. Oh, yeah. It came naturally. Came yeah. From came from deep inside. So, is there anything you want to say to the viewers before we wrap this up? One second. Is that what he wanted to say? Or was he just telling us one second? The world may never know. I want to say thanks for tuning in. Stay safe. And don't do street drag racing past 10 p.m. That sounds like a story that you will share at another time, I guess. No, it's just advice on how to be responsible. Oh, well, that's what we are here. The epitome of responsibility. Exactly. Don't be Danny Zuko. The guy from Greece. What does he do? Drag race. Wow. Oh, wait, which drag race do you mean? Do you mean the vroom vroom or the hey? <laughs> the, the vroom vroom. Okay, cool. Well, the hey kind isn't. Well, I mean, it could be dangerous if you do it in an unfriendly place, but not inherently dangerous true oh hey before we wrap up people i gotta plug in one of the sponsors of today so cole burkhart is a dc-based voice actor audio producer writer and consultant he does it all I'm looking for a spicy writer how about someone to make you sure your queer black neurodivergent characters handled with care looking for someone to take over all that audio work you've got if you want to find out more about him and his work, check out his website at coleburkhart.car.co. That's C-O-L-E-B-U-R-K-H-A-R-D-T dot C-A-R-R-D dot C-O. Cole also helps out with audio sometimes on here, so. They are a great resource. And he's also been on an episode, so can't remember go back and check out that episode because it was also fun but joseph thank you so much for coming on today thank you and yeah we will catch you next orbit satellites bye bye <laughs>